Hey, listener, this is Jimmy Pardo from the award-winning podcast, Never Not Funny. You are listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Turn up! Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Augie Smith can't follow current events anymore. I, I, I've gotten so upset, basically. I, I can't watch uh, any politics anymore without getting so angry. We'll hear more from Augie in a little bit. Hilarious conversation. Also, America remains at war. And a funny song from our friends Andy Hawk and Mike Travers helping each other out on a very hilarious song. But first, as always, fake news. Now, fake news with me. Eleven artists will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next year. The list comprises performers who are creative, dynamic, diverse, and the Beastie Boys. How those knuckleheads got over, I'll never know. President Obama said today that as the father of two daughters, he supports his health secretary's decision to block over-the-counter sales of the Plan B morning-after birth control pill to girls under the age of 17. I did not get involved in the process, President Obama said during a White House news conference, though he added he supports the decision by Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius. President Obama also opposed the Plan 9 pill, which turns teenage girls into space zombies. You remember the Plan 9? Check that out. Uh, Last week, the Senate passed a defense bill that would give the military the power to arrest and indefinitely detain Americans suspected of terrorism, including those on U.S. soil. Apparently, the Senate misunderstands the concept of cutting America's bills and has decided to start with the Bill of Rights. Iran is claiming it shot down a U.S. drone. U.S. military officials say that the drone wasn't shot down, but is likely one that strayed out of control from Afghanistan. The Pentagon is now asking Iran if they found one of our baseballs, an orange frisbee, and a Batman kite. A super PAC associated with Republican Mitt Romney's presidential campaign launched a $3.1 million ad buy in Iowa on Thursday, starting with an ad attacking President Obama's job creation record and touting Romney's. The group is also selling New England Patriot 2011 AFC Championship t-shirts to raise money. See, it's too soon. Latest celebrity sightings, USA Today caught Charlize Theron at the premiere of Young Adult in New York City. Boy, that is rare. One of Hollywood's top actresses spotted at a movie premiere. That's like seeing Haley's Comet or Bigfoot. And that's been Fake News with me. It's the most wonderful time of the Well, that ham-fisted mashup can only mean one thing. The war on Christmas rages on. Oh, sure, the lamestream media not paying much attention, but thankfully AM Talk Radio on the case. 1100 WTAM, the Bob Franz Show in Cleveland. Caller Drew calling from Lorraine with breaking news about a story that may or may not have happened two years ago. A couple years back, I was reading the Avon Lake Press. I want to say that it was an Avon Elementary School that held a politically correct holiday concert with all the elementary school kids. They were they had to do songs like instead of we wish you a merry christmas, it was we wish you a happy holiday. Avon Lake, a suburb to the west of Cleveland. Um, no christmas music, it's got to be politically correct. He ain't lying. I got proof. 
Got the Avon High School singers here. Okay, so the high school kids can sing Christmas songs, but there's still a war on Christmas in Avon. You know, it does. I'll be honest with you, though. I, I can't say I remember that specific one for sure because I see so many of these every year now. There's so many of these stories that you just you can't even believe. And the reason you can't believe it is because they're bogus. Went to the Google. Maybe you've heard of it. Google News. Uh, tried to find stories like this. Found two, uh, both in Texas. One in Beaumont, Texas. Kids uh, sang a politically correct Christmas songs. One was, uh, instead of joy to the world, the Lord has come. It was joy to the world, my shopping's done which really sounds like they're teaching the kids to write bad song parodies. I don't think that's any uh, slight against Christianity. And then you read down to the bottom of the article, sounds, you know, really sexy, you know, a war on Christmas story. No. Uh, the next day at the Christmas tree lighting ceremony for the school, they sang the actual lyrics to the songs, the real words. And then there was one in uh, Fort Worth where Santa Claus was banned from schools. He's banned from the Fort Worth schools. Well, no, what it is is you just can't have a guy dressed as Santa Claus, an actual guy, come into the classroom because it's a distraction. That's all they were saying. You can have a gift exchange. You can say Merry Christmas. You can do all that. Santa can come to, to lunch. He can be out there at recess, which is weird because we never had Santa come to my school. I grew up in the 70s. I, I think we would have found that kind of creepy, to be quite honest. Okay, so there's still a war on Christmas, though. And uh, Bob Franz tries to connect it to Kwanzaa. Uh, Bob from Lorraine has some thoughts on that. And the first thing out of the gate is he says, hey, you know, Kwanzaa, it may be a little bit of a made-up holiday. Um, I find it interesting how you can disparage um, uh, something like Kwanzaa, uh, which I will admit, uh, being a biracial person, seems to be a fabricated um, religious or whatever holiday. And uh, Caller Bob goes on to explain to Host Bob that, you know, it's a little silly that you're uh, uh, claiming a religious persecution. And, uh, you know, and, and it says again in his call that you know, Kwanzaa seems made up. Uh, Fran's not buying any of it. In fact, he just gets more and more worked up about Kwanzaa. The Kwanzaa creator in 1966 said, man, we're going to screw with Whitey's Christian religion here. Well, even if that was the intention, don't think it worked out that way. Uh, Rich Pierre-Louis is a stand-up comedian. Uh, found this clip on YouTube while researching this clip. Uh, is Kwanzaa ever really going to pick up? <laughs> Should we just forget about Kwanzaa or just keep it that? We should just give it a wrap, right? It's not going to happen. Because no. we've been pushing Kwanzaa for, what, 30, 30-something years now? Saw another black comedian a couple of weeks ago, Bodacious. He was the feature act for the very funny Gary Owen. Said pretty much the same thing. He said no one's celebrating Kwanzaa. Indeed, 83% of black folks in America are Christians. Uh, 12 are unaffiliated. 16% of everybody else is actually unaffiliated. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's working out too well. But that still doesn't stop Franz. Kwanzaa is one of the reasons why there's a war on Christmas, and, uh, and you should be able to say Merry Christmas, and you should, and I don't uh, get where he thinks you can't, but, uh, well, he has this interesting little nugget for you. We're 90% a Christian nation, for crying out loud. Why should we bow to the will of the 10% or the 5% or whatever the number is? Well, no one's bowing to anybody, but that's the reason the Constitution is written the way it is. It's why we have a Senate and a House of Representatives, so the masses can't unfairly inflict what they want upon the minority. So I was researching this a bit when uh, I saw this, and I'm sure you've seen and or heard this lovely little spot. I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm a Christian, but you don't need to be in the pew every Sunday to know that there's something wrong in this country when gays can serve openly in the military 
but our kids can't openly celebrate Christmas or pray in school. As president, I'll end Obama's war on religion, and I'll fight against liberal attacks on our religious heritage. Faith made America strong. It can make her strong again. I'm Rick Perry, and I approve this message. Okay, there's a lot there. Uh, a lot of people have zeroed in on the homophobia because that smacks you right in the face out of the gate. And since a lot of people have already covered that, and since I'm doing the bit about the war on Christmas, I want to move on to the uh, can't say Merry Christmas and can't uh, say a prayer in school and, and all that sort of goings on. Oh, and I just noticed as I was playing this back now to add this to the to the bit that he just says Obama. He doesn't say President Obama because he's not really president because he was born in Kenya. So, you know, he can't really be president. All right, President Obama, war on Christmas at the White House. Big tree in front of the White House. Here you go. It's nice having your own band. Please have a seat, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, If you're conducting a war on Christmas and Christianity, that's the worst possible thing you could say. Oh, it gets worse. Lay it on as President O'Muzzle not born in this country with your circular humanist views. More than 2,000 years ago, a child was born to two faithful travelers who could find rest only in a stable among the cattle and the sheep. But this was not just any child. Christ's birth made the angels rejoice and attracted shepherds and kings from afar. He's going to sneak Allah in here at any moment. I can feel it. That we should love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Under Sharia law, right? And today it lies at the heart of my Christian faith and that of millions of Americans. Our kids can't openly celebrate Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Augie Smith is a stand-up comedian that you've seen in clubs around the country, as well as on all of the major chat shows, as they used to say back in the 70s and 80s. And interestingly enough, his interview with us today uh, goes right along perfectly with the theme of today's show. So without further ado, here's our interview with Augie Smith. Joining us on PF's tape recorder, it's Augie Smith. Augie, welcome to the show. What's happening, PF? Not much, man. Uh, we spoke about 18 months ago. I was looking over the old interview, and uh, fortuitous uh, that you are on this week's episode as we're doing some uh, current event stuff with the Rick Perry thing, and uh, we're always doing stuff about the the rock and roll that the young people are listening to these days. And you were saying that you kind of still follow the politics, but are having a little trouble keeping up with the pop culture. Is that still kind of the case? Well, here's what it is. It's uh, I, I I've gotten so upset. Basically, I, I can't watch uh, any politics anymore without getting so angry huh. that I just think it's better for my blood pressure to remain divinely and beautifully naive <laughs> of all going around me. And uh, I think other people should jump on this boat. Those of you that watch the news or take in any sort of information, the best thing I can tell you to do is stop doing that. Because no matter how angry you get, no matter how much you pay attention to it, it's just never going to change. And it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. So I think it's that old rule of advertising. If you don't look at it, it won't happen anymore. 
<laughs> so I can't be upset at a politician, you know, claiming that, of course, the Christians are under religious persecution. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't even know there was a Christmas if Fox News didn't tell me it was going on. <laughs> Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God they're here for us. Uh, so it, it, as long as you don't know that that stuff's going on, then you'll be much happier. Boy, it's tempting, I'll tell you. I, I tell you, I, I used to tell people, you know, stay informed, know what's going on. Nah, nah, none <laughs> of it matters to you. Don't know what's going on. Because it doesn't matter so that you try to do something about it. And the best you can do, if you're really upset about things, is throw up a tent and go sleep in a downtown park. But eventually the cops are just going to come and bust you in the head, and everybody's going to say that you cost the... In Portland, they said that the occupiers cost the city... Oh, poo. Okay, so what happened there was that uh, we're just going along fine, had a decent Skype connection, and it got cut off, so I had to call Augie back at the hotel. That's what happened there. Did the man turn us off? Yeah, (laughs) I think so. (laughs) The man cut us off. That's what he does. Yep. So you were saying that in Portland, the Occupy Wall Street, and as soon as you said that, bam! Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think so, Augie Smith. Yeah, the man the man is dropping his hammer again. He That's is. what he does. That's what he yeah. Well let's let's have another go. What you were saying at the at Occupy Wall Street man, let's hope they don't cut you off again. Oh anyway, so yeah, there was there's an article and you can still get it online on the Oregonian that uh, the uh the Occupy Portland people cost the city it was eighty five thousand dollars for the cleanup. And if you go through item by item on the on the so-called damage that these people caused by throwing up tents in downtown Portland was that uh, it was $1,600 to pressure wash the sidewalk. It was $1,600 to take a hose and walk them down one square block of Portland. So the beautiful part about that is that part of the occupier's point was uh, was government waste and uh, like the superfluous government and the, and the spending in government. And then they have superfluous wasteful spending in the cleanup and in the criticism of the Occupy movement. And if you think about that enough, your head will explode, which is why I'm just choosing not to think about it anymore. I don't care anymore. I've given up. It, it, it's, it, it's taking years off my life. I'm telling you. It's just don't even, don't, don't care. Don't look at it. Don't read the paper. Just, just, be, just be beautifully naive of what's going on around you. Because so, uh, there's nothing you can do about it. So what are you uh, talking about on stage these days, then? Because I know, uh, are, maybe, are you trying to follow the pop culture a little closely, a little more mundane stuff, you know? Because if, if Britney Spears makes another record or if she doesn't make another record, you know, who cares if you're wrong about it, it, that? It doesn't matter to any of us. Yeah, it, yeah. It, The music is always going to be bad and stupid to anybody that isn't 20 years old. So, so I guess basically what I'm trying to do now is internalize my act and, uh, and talk about because. Uh, I, I just uh, had a big thing. I got married two weeks ago. Oh, wow. And it's an odd thing to be 41 and have never been married and get married. And so I've, I've been trying to discuss things like that on stage. So now I'm going to be really funny now that I'm a married comic because <laughs> we all know how good married comedians material is. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I work out a lot of that stuff on the, on the open <laughs> mic so you, can, so you have an idea. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, I spent the last 20 years talking about drinking and drug use and pop culture, and who who wants that any of that stuff? Nobody sure. cares about that yeah. anymore. 
They, they want to hear about the mundane day-to-day of the married man. Exactly. So I'm going to bring them that. <laughs> so what, what kind of things have you discovered uh, being married? What's been the biggest surprise? Well, the, uh, the funny thing is, is uh, when you get married, like uh, now, when you're a young man, her parents pay for the ceremony, mm-hmm. right? Correct. And now I'm not going to ask him to pay for the the guy's my age for Christ's sake. I'm not going to have him pay. I went to high school with him. I'm not going to have him pay for the wedding. Look like a freeloading cheapskate, right? And uh, so then the other thing is now, used to be, you'd put on a suit, right? You'd say two. You'd say I do, and then he'd eat some shrimp, and the whole thing was over. Yeah. But see now, love has evolved so much, PF, that. You got to write your own vows, brother. Oh yes. yeah, my, uh, yeah. Niece, my niece our and, uh, love is so goddamn unique. <laughs> my niece Nobody's and did ever this. felt it yeah. before. My niece and nephew and so just did it's this, incumbent yeah. on Augie Ob- Smith to describe love in a fashion that nobody ever has. Over thousands of years of literature and poems and sonnets, I'm the one that's finally going to nail it. I'm the <laughs> one that's going to get it right in my description of love, Shakespeare. When I'm done, they're going to be calling him Shakespeare, I tell you. <laughs> but see, here's the thing, is that to be a good comedian, you have to be completely honest and vulnerable. Yes. And the point is, is that honesty just doesn't work into wedding vows. I mean, the thing is, like, I would love to say that I'm going to love you forever, but when I was a kid, I thought I would love strawberry milkshakes forever, <laughs> and now I can't handle dairy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, I can say things with reasonable certainty. I can say something like, I'm never going to hit you. But unfortunately, i got to say, I'm probably never going to hit you. Because here's the thing. Yeah, I've never hit a woman before, but I don't know what you're going to do. You know? <laughs> you ever tried to work probably into wedding vows? It's incredibly difficult. Hmm. And the, the other thing is, so when you're my age and, you, and you're single, uh, people always expect some great tale of love and loss along the way. I mean, it's like, you know, if you're, when you're 40 and you've never been married, there, uh, there must have been one that got away. You know, there must be a great death in there. There must be some, some, uh, some weathering heights meets the English patient tale of gripping your lover's hand on a battlefield hospital as she slips into the abyss because of the effects of cholera. Huh. When, in real life, I once lost a relationship because I had sex with a comedy club waitress in Omaha, Nebraska, and she put it on her Facebook page. Huh. <laughs> you know, it doesn't quite add up. And then the other thing, and i got to tell you, young men, out there listening, there are good and bad things about being your age. Bad thing, social media is the worst thing to happen to infidelity since AIDS. <laughs> now two people need to be in on the lie. <laughs> two people that obviously have least, trouble committing to things. At least, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, m- uh, you know, people are saying, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Facebook is a fad. Facebook will go away. My wife says uh, Facebook will go away when you can no longer stalk people on it. <laughs> Well, Facebook will go away when people are comfortable having a face-to-face conversation again, (laughs) which will never happen. No. That will never happen, that people will just be able to speak to strangers, because we're just getting more and more socially retarded as the days go by, and Facebook isn't helping. I mean, you look at the guy that invented it, for Christ's sake. He's a a social leper. He doesn't know how to speak to other human beings. Of course he created this thing. (laughs) Of course he did. (laughs) Of course it wasn't the Winklevoss. Yeah, because those those dudes seem to have it going on. Yeah, those guys actually had friends and were (laughs) able to talk to people. Why would they need Facebook? Why would they need that? 
Why would they need to hide under the cover of whatever their their Facebook name is? Uh, and I'll tell you something else. You want to go crazy? Just make some sort of comedy video and put it up on YouTube and then read the comments. <laughs> oh, my God. The anonymity brings out all this anger from people that you just can't imagine. It's like the, the, all day long they sit back and have bad things happen to them. And then, then people are able to sit back anonymously and make horrible comments about somebody that's trying to create whatever sort of art they're trying to create. And they're just mean for no reason because they can be. Because they can be. Yep. Because you can't be that mean in actual human terms. Anyway, no. we're getting off track here. No, no, we're right. We're, we're, you, you bring up a valid point because nobody ever comments. We've done 22 of these, and uh, I always invite people to comment, and nobody ever does. So Really? Yeah. And I give the email and say, hey, you know, and it, it's getting, oddly enough, it's getting like eight or nine downloads a day, which is insane. I'm just some guy in my family room who does right. open mics once a month. I mean, that's just, you know, and I, I talk to some, I, I think probably the, the eight or nine downloads comes the fact that I talk to people like you, Jimmy Pardo, Kostaki Konomopoulos. I mean, I have some nice names on the show. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the rest of it, I, you know, I don't know. I, I love all of you, all all nine of you out there every day downloading this. This is awesome, but I just, I yeah. can't but scratch yeah. my keep head. Yeah, keep it going. Keep it up, keep man. Keep it going, yeah. nine people. Tell your friends. <laughs> you get enough for a softball team, buddy. Yeah, you know, yeah a day. That's a day, though. So we're, we're talking 36 a week. We're getting there, man. Um, so uh, the, the pop culture thing then, it's, uh, do you believe that uh, Facebook is probably going to end up killing the pop culture thing? Because as I'm thinking about it, as you were uh, explaining that, I think people will be you know, uh, wanting to stalk their friends more than wanting to find out you know, what the Kardashians are up to or what Brody Jenner, you know, if he's getting beat up outside a bar or not. They're going to be, oh, the hell with that. I want to see what happened to my buddy Steve from work last night. You know, why is he looking so ragged this morning? Will it will it kill reality television? That's a one. Oh, that's yeah, a wonderful yeah. thought. Yeah. That is a wonderful thought. That actual reality could then kill reality television. Uh, I'll tell you the the one thing that uh, Facebook and Twitter and everything else are doing is uh, I've been in comedy for like twenty years now, and when I first started, like if something were to happen, I only had to come up with a funnier joke that night than the people heard from their friends at work. Like, I only had to have a funnier joke uh, that week than Leno had or that, uh, or that Letterman had. Yeah. But see, now, if something happens, I have to go on stage and I have, a, I have to have a funnier joke than everyone in the world. <laughs> I have to have a funnier joke than everybody on Facebook, than everybody on Twitter, than everybody on radios and podcasts that they heard that day. Wow. And uh, it's, 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 I think it's... Uh, Part of me wants to wants to say that it's making stand up step up their game, but I don't know about that. I don't know that it is or not. Do you uh, do you tweet? I I I started tweeting like a month ago, and I uh, I tweeted every day for like a week, and then I went through the whole marriage thing, and <laughs> I got real busy, and so I have I I, I sporadically do it, yeah. and I should do it more often. It was my plan to do it every day, because I think of one funny thing every day. <laughs> that needs to be shared with the world is yeah. what I think, but who knows? Yeah. So, do you test jokes out that way, or do you, things that aren't joke but maybe work in that format? Well, it, it's funny thing is you have no idea how well a tweet does. Like you tweet something, you think to yourself, "Oh, that's hysterical," 
And uh, but you have no idea. There's no there's no if, comments on if, it. Nobody's getting back to you on it. If people retweet it, you know, it. you just hear from people. Maybe that was good, or maybe that wasn't good. Yeah. Well, people can reply and they can retweet it. Yeah, I never get retweeted, and that bothers me. I only have like uh, 130 followers or something, but uh, I've I've had some really good ones. It is my first ever tweet. I was really proud of. Uh, was uh, was uh, what was it? And uh, oh. Uh, 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 most confusing tribute band name, huh. Petty Cash, an <laughs> evening with Eddie Money. <laughs> I was really proud of that. That's I good. was really proud of that. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we can get you at least thirty-six more Twitter followers. Uh, I think you should. I think you should retweet that so that uh, yeah. so that people see cool. what I'm trying to accomplish. Uh, for a while, I was thinking uh, what I would do is use the Twitter account basically just to talk about the mechanics of stand-up comedy and the right and wrong things that people do or don't do on stage. Uh, and I thought that might be interesting to people instead of just trying to write funny stuff. Because there's plenty of people just writing funny stuff. Yeah. All right, terrific, sir. Uh, well, sounds like things are going uh, pretty well for you, what with the, the marriage and all and the, the career steaming along there. Um, Life is good. <clears throat> yes. Uh, you're in Cincinnati uh, the week upcoming. Uh, cause yes, It's going to plop on Sunday. And then uh, what are you doing after that? Uh, what am I doing after that? I got uh, moving to Los Angeles. Oh, good. Where are you at now? Yes, moving to Los Angeles again. From uh, get a little sun on my face. As long as I'm just going to be on the road anyway, I might as well uh, have a home base. That, there you uh, go. Where are you at now? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. The opposite of sun. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, very, very good, sir. Well, continued success to you, and thanks for taking the time uh, to be on the podcast. And uh, the print version of this will be in Cincinnati City Beat uh, the week you are in Cincinnati. And uh, we'll link to your uh, website and your Twitter and all that good stuff. All right, man. Thanks, man. Talk to you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Augie Smith for joining us on PS Tape Recorder. Well, Going along with the Christmas theme of today's show, you folks couldn't be in for a, a bigger treat. Got a song here. It is Andy Hawk of Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings performing with our friend Mike Travers. How about that? A hilarious song called Minimum Work, Minimum Wage. Here it is. We have a cleanup on aisle four. Aisle four. Travers, please report to aisle four. Got a job working today You won't believe what they pay 725 for every hour that I'm there For that much money You can't expect me to care I'll give a minimum Minimum wage, give a minimum work for a minimum wage. You got time to lean, you got time to clean, or so I'm told. Hope I'm not wearing a name tag when I get home. Mop the floors, rotate the meat, then you can take out the trash. Kiss my butt Give a minimum work 
for the minimum wage Minimum work for the minimum wage I hate working and doing my share If I could get paid to play video games I'd be a millionaire Sleep till noon, never shower Hey, that's a lot for me You can't pay me by the hour I'm just too lazy I'll give you minimum work For your minimum wage I'll give you minimum work For your minimum wage Regional Minimum wage there, Andy Hawk of Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings with our very funny friend Mike Travers assisting on that one. Boy, what a great way to end the show. Thanks to Augie Smith, Mike Travers, and Andy Hawk. Thanks also to the 30 Train Podcast for being the first ones to send out the link to that Rick Perry spot. If you're listening by any other means than Podbean, please cruise over to pfradio.podbean.com and you'll find links there for Augie Smith, Mike Travers, Andy Hawk, the Rick Perry spot, Rich Pierre-Louis, who had that funny little uh, thing to say about Kwanzaa, and so on. Uh, PS Tape Recorder logo is designed by Dan Cobell. Follow him at TigerDactyl on Twitter. Theme music for PS Tape Recorder composed by John Veropoulos with a little help from me, performed by The Same, which is John Veropoulos and me, with help from Doug O'Connor, and in reality it was really just them playing. I wasn't allowed to play anything on the final recordings. Kind of a funny story, I'll tell it to you sometime. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at PF66. Got some dates for you here. Uh, I am at Mugby's on Beachmont Avenue in Cincinnati for PF Trivia Live, Tuesday, December 13th. Starts at 7.30. Please be there. And Jim Lugers, who is sometimes on this program, will be at Crackers Comedy Club, North College Avenue location in Indianapolis on Tuesday, December 20th. Go check him out. He's very funny. And that's all I have. Uh, so long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.